Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is a very special one. His name is Peter Peek, the MD Head of Sales at IMI, Hydronic Engineering, Netherlands. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Happy to be here. So as you know, this is a special episode, uh, which is a part of the season big breakthrough engineering that we have with, with our partner, uh, IMI yeah. Hydronic uh, Engineering. Uh, we had uh, the Divisional Managing Director, Phil, uh, in our first episodes of the season, and we are very happy to have Peter uh, today. Peter, let us know for the ones who are not able to listen to the previous episodes, uh, a little bit more about uh, IMI and first about yourself, of course, and what is your role at uh, IMI? Okay, then uh, let's start to introduce myself. As you said, uh, my name is Peter Peek. I'm working since uh, December 2018 in this responsibility for IMI Netherlands. IMI is a global company. Uh, we are present uh, all over the world. Uh, we are producing uh, hydronic appliances for heating, ventilation, and air conditioning installations in residential and uh, domestic uh, buildings, new build and renovation. I'm responsible for the Dutch market, uh, which is uh, quite uh, a challenging market, of course, uh, but also very interesting. So uh, I'm happy to be part of this, uh, this global company uh, of IMI. Um, uh, so, from what about myself? I'm 62 years old. Uh, I have my experience, my background, all my life in this in this market. Uh, not predominantly at a, at the manufacturer side, but predominantly at uh, at the wholesale side. And so, in trade, which is also a very interesting part of our business, and very important part of our supply chain. Also, without uh, without uh, wholesale, we 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 would not be couldn't deliver our uh, products everywhere at every let's say every installer. And um, yeah, and that's uh, and that's uh, where my experience is, and uh, in, in also in different countries uh, of, of Europe, I had the opportunity to to have experiences with other cultures, other business cultures. Uh, so that's right. what formed me. Yeah. Right. And, and today, what, what is your focus uh, at IM Hydronic Engineering? So you are also part of the leadership team, correct? Uh, there. So what is your responsibility? Your main responsibility. I'm, I'm, my main responsibility is Netherlands. So I'm managing director for the Netherlands for the Dutch enterprise, um, and uh, of course my main responsibility is uh, to deliver profitable growth for IMI uh, in the Netherlands. Got it. Yeah. Perfect. That's that's great. Thanks for the introduction and congrats on your experience. For the ones who want to visit your page at, uh, at on LinkedIn, you can see all yeah. the all the roles that you have played uh, over the years and how you stay uh, enthusiastic for for the new challenges that you keep embracing uh, with IMI today. Uh, so let's discuss the three critical ingredients uh, to scale uh, a company. As you know, we are completely obsessed about. Uh, scale and we discuss that's why we say in the beginning from 1 million to 1 trillion that the typical scale up that is scaling from 1 million to 100 million but also what I like to call corporate scale so it's not only an issue with scale ups it's also an issue for corporates how are you able to go from 1 to 5b from 5 to 10 from 
10 to 20B, from 20B to 100B, or even getting mm. to the to the size of an Amazon or Walmart, the 250B plus revenues. So, which is really uh, for the ones who have this kind of challenges, uh, it is a huge challenge to think out to scale at, at, at that size. And yeah. so we, we always discuss radical focus, uh, world-class team and culture of execution uh, in the show. Let's start with radical focus and, and start with uh, the reflection that I was making now. So how are you able to, to think about how to scale, in your case, uh, your market and to contribute to the growth of a, of a large organization that is now almost mm -hmm. at 2 billion uh, in revenues, right? Well, uh, I think that uh, the thing that first comes into my mind and also uh, which I experience, uh, you, do business, you do business with people. So it's all about people. And of course, people need a purpose uh, to give their commitment to that purpose. And I think that uh, you have to have a very clear uh, goal uh, to achieve, to to go for, and then commit the people in your organization to that goal, and uh, and have them motivated also by giving them the, by empowering them and giving them responsibilities, of course, uh, to add value to that goal, and and also keep as close as you can to the customer. So uh, and it's it's and I know this from my also uh, from my daily practice. It's uh, the higher you get, let's say, in an organization, it's very hard to stay close to the customer to keep contact with your market because it's so important uh, to keep that contact. And uh, I think these are the prerequisites for for growth. It is, and especially when a company is growing, it's scaling. It's it's in a process of constant change, which means that everything yes. is in crisis inside of the organization. And well, as leaders, always. we we tend to focus, as you said, in solving that internal crisis, and we forget that we we are creating that internal crisis to serve the external environment. And if we lose focus on the customer, uh, sooner or later, we are dead. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's a saying, if you do what you did, you get what you got. A friend of mine told me that once, and it's, it's so true. And uh, I mean, uh, I'm in this business for 40 years now, and I always found it interesting because not only the environment is changing, uh, product innovation is going very fast, but also um, uh, your organization is changing all the time because you adapt, you try to adapt as fast as you can to changing, to the changing environment, to the changing demands, and you try to understand, at least I try to understand, what the customer would would want would ask us in five, three to five years. I always think you try to think ahead. What what will they demand from us in three to five years? What would I like myself in three to five years if I'm a consumer? Uh, and then prepare your company to go there. And also, this is of course the purpose and the goal you have. I mean, it's not just growth. I mean, why? Because everybody wants to grow, but there's of course you need to add value and to be profitable, and that's very important. And of course, um, what's very important is the culture in the organization. If people like to work for an organization and they're happy, the customer sense this also. Uh, and, 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 that, and people, I think you should facilitate people also as much as you can to develop themselves within an organization and not be afraid that if they develop, they probably sometime, you hope you can keep them, but there's also always a chance they, they will leave. But if you can give them this experience, uh, I think that, that's, that's very important. Yeah. 
absolutely. I think that that's an amazing point. And I always remember the interview that I did uh, with Eric Yu and the CEO of Zoom. And it's always talking about delivering happiness to employees and customers. So it, it kind yeah. of summarizes as tracking NPS and uh, employee NPS. So would my customers and my employees recommend to their peers to yeah. work with us? Yeah. Um, if, if, if it is a, a strong yes, uh, we are in a very good shape and, and growing. And, and I, I agree with you, it's uh, especially at the corporate side, the metrics uh, are a little bit different in the present. So we need to be yeah. able to invest in the future but still be able to show profitability and a strong cash flow yeah. position today instead yeah. of just growth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good thing to, to discuss also here uh, on the show. Also because IMI is a, is a listed company, so mm. which, which means there is a, a strong responsibility and, and a, a stronger scrutiny in a, in a daily basis that some yeah, of yeah. the majority of the private scale-ups don't, uh, don't have, right? So, and maybe this is a good point. I think there are a lot of discussions about, um, sometimes we discuss the kind of the skill up or the corporate and sometimes even the SMEs and the corporate. And I like to see uh, that as an ecosystem and corporates are really important because they have an ecosystem of players and of companies working with them to mm. serve the customer. And I think that we are discussing that there is a strong quote that I like a lot that I don't remember who is the owner. Uh, and thanks for, for that owner, which is uh, scale ups invent the future, corporates scale it. It kind of summarizes the way that corporate and scale ups can leverage the, the strengths uh, of each other. So what has been your experience working with with scale-ups to to serve the customer your your customers of course um well i don't have that much experience with scale-ups but uh i think what is what is uh, the advantage of being a scale-up is that uh, as a scale-up and you have uh, you have a good product or you invented a product or you have a good opportunity uh solution for for demand in the market as a scale-up you don't have too much to lose and you have to to, to invest in a company and that's a big risk. And, and what I what from my experience is that there, in order to grow, uh, you need existing business channels and existing, of course, financial resources or you need financial resources to grow. And that's why you come into cooperation with corporate uh, companies um, where you can where you can share money and then multiply, of course, what you are doing. Um, and I think that, that that's the most difficult thing because it needs also uh, 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 trust in each other. Uh, if you're going to share something, you need to trust each other that you are also are going to benefit from that together. Um, so, um, and of course, corporate, you have you you, you engage with, and exactly, and especially if you have a corporate uh, like a PLC, you engage of course with a lot of rules and and and. Legislations and and compliance things and that kind of things, which Caleb's necessarily do not have yet. So, yeah, two the, different cultures also. This is a a very good point, and I was having a, a discussion yesterday on as corporates, uh, how can we help? Um, scale-ups to have an amazing experience working uh, with us. So the same kind of philosophy that we have towards our 
customers kind of having also towards our partners and uh, mm. and providers right so how can we adapt in a way that it would be so easy for a scale up to to work with us and at the same time for the scale ups also doing the same effort when we are uh, with uh, with that ad i think that's it's it's a very common uh, it's very common knowledge let's say but it's not very common practice practice uh, no yeah and and i'm also thinking about uh, i mean you don't want to invent the wheel again and again and again and um and i think i believe really in in sharing and multiplying and 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 that it's also a kind of a sustainable um let's say sustainable motivation for that I mean, if you work together, you can go faster forward. Uh, and and there are so many companies who do good things. And if they would work together as a ne- in a network, uh, they would f- go faster forward. But but because we don't trust each other, and uh, we or we don't uh, we don't like the others to have success or something, uh, there's something why it's not practiced. I mean, we know this is the theory and it could work, but I think that if we really would. Um, would like to be as close to the customer's demand as we could be. But customers are dem- look to ourselves. We are also demanding. We want everything immediately, information on hand, etc. And 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 then that's where you have to, to come to a let's say a kind of an organization where you can say we can offer everything, but not from one hand. But it seems for the customer that it's only in one portal you go to, and then you have all the information. So uh, yeah, and that's also more sustainable, I think, uh, for the long run. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a very interesting uh, subject. Yeah, absolutely. So, and to kind of moving a step for a step forward as, as we are discussing, it's uh, and as you are stating, it's all about trust, and uh, and and trust is related with the number two uh, ingredients to to scale a successful company, which is a world class team. Uh, and let's also introduce here the element of culture because I think it's uh, really, mm. really relevant. Um, so, having in consideration what we discussed also in the beginning, that we have a, an environment, an external environment that is always changing, and an internal uh, environment that is also changing as well. Yeah. So, what are some of your tips to recruit and to retain? Uh, the best talent on on your teams and how to build the best teams. Yeah, well, I think that the best team is a team which is complementary to each other, uh, uh, and you don't want to have the same people uh, who are like yourself, for example. Um, so, uh, if you recruit, I think you must not recruit uh, and compromise. Uh, I have to experience myself, and it was a mistake for me that I compromised myself in recruiting, let's say, the second choice, because the first one, uh, Nick uh, said, uh, he said, uh, well, he or she said, okay, I won't do it. So I took just took the second one. But that was a compromise with myself, and it didn't work. So from that, I learned I will never compromise. When I doubt, I don't do it. And, um, and also, I'm looking more to what people experienced or did in their lives then really the papers they have on hand. So I, I did this study and have my diploma or something. It, that's, that's great. You did, you absolved it or uh, and I, uh, you have a degree in something, but it's also about what did you do with your life so far? And uh, did you take risks? How did you, how did you resolve problems? Uh, did you step into opportunities? Did you go out of your comfort zone? Uh, also the personality itself. 
and how to retain. Uh, I think that that you can only retain people if they keep if you keep challenging them, and if as I said, if they like what they do. So and it's also very important that you give them also um, not only a task but also the responsibility, and you empower them also to do that task to execute. And yes, they will make mistakes, of course, as I make mistakes. But I think that you only can commit people if you can really empower them to do what they have to do and to also to do to make decisions. And it's also, I think, better for the organization and for the customer because you can become more agile. I hate it when, for example, uh, I cannot take a decision. And of course, I have my limits, but I need to take my decisions when I can and while, while I'm at the customer. And if the customer knows this guy, he has a mandate so we can negotiate, so we can decide. And it is also for the people I work with and the people who I, yeah, they have their responsibilities and, and then you can retain them. And of course, give them an, uh, um, give them also facilitate them with uh, educational uh, opportunities. So let's let them develop themselves uh, within, of course, the, the, the environment of the company in, in the direction they would like to be developed and try to to match that with uh, your own uh, organizational opportunities when they are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's important. Yeah, I like it uh, a lot, and um, I think that one of the main bottlenecks of uh, growth and and scale are really those kind of transitions from individual contributors to managers and from managers to to leaders so especially and i i think that all of us have been living this in a moment or another uh, when we are top performers at a specific uh, in a specific area it becomes more difficult to delegate because we have that sensation that we can do that quicker better and 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 yeah. we would like to to be uh, on the field doing things, and I think that it's important to be on the field and to lead by example and to be able also to show to our people that we are there to help them, but at the same time we also need to have the courage to to let them learn uh, by doing yeah. and make their own yeah. mistakes, and, and yeah. being there not judging there and and kind of getting pissed off because we knew how to, how to do that and now we have a problem to solve with yeah. the customer. Uh, but this is very counterintuitive, especially I think, especially for high performance. If we are leading an area and I have this opportunity to lead, uh, imagine marketing or sales or, or, or finance, or, and this is one of the functional areas that you don't have a great command of, uh, you know that you need to have the best under you because they will tell you what to do. You don't know about that. So it's it's all about leadership, right? Yeah. But when you are high performer, when you know, you know everything about the, the area you are leading and about the company, this becomes a little bit more uh, difficult. So do you have any... Any trick for for the leaders who want to get better at delegation and uh, let's let's say delegation because recruitment you have already talked about. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, I struggled with this myself also uh, with with delegating things and uh, and it's a trap where you are going into. Once I I read a very nice book and I never will forget the fact that you know that an an, uh, an employee comes into your room or comes to you and and he says I have a problem and he shares his problem with you and then. You, you make the mistake, you say, okay, well, think about it. It's a big mistake. 
Uh, and but because somebody comes with a problem, you ask him, do we have a solution? No. Okay, then come back when you have at least two solutions. Then we can talk about those two, op- two, two, two options to solve the problem, and we will decide. So get get them okay. to think, and not that's the one thing. And and it's also a delegation is also about trust. I mean, that's the only way you can do it that you trust the people you empower. And of course, you know, as I said, that that some things may go wrong. But if I would do everything myself, I couldn't be there where I am now. And in order to be here, I have to give that trust to my people that they can take those decisions without me. And I, they know they are they are in a safe environment where they also may make mistakes. Uh, and so, uh, and I think that's that's very important. Uh, and it's yeah, it's hard, you know, because you know, if I would do it myself, I would do it probably faster without mistakes, or I can do it better. Of course, this is this is not but this is not what it is because you that's it's so arrogant. I mean, and often I'm I'm really uh, positively surprised by the people I, I I may lead that they come with far better solutions than I would ever think of, and that's why and that that's what makes me that makes me happy because then I know I have a great team, and that's and good. that's uh, yeah. So I think that's that's very important. That give them the trust and also make them feel safe. Yeah, of course, you advise them and let them go. Let them go loose. It's uh, absolutely yeah, yeah. That, so. that, that's that's something great. What you what you just said because I think it's also related uh, with the coach that we have in ourselves as leaders. So it, that's one of the skills that we need to to have a comment of how to coach people. And a lot of times people come to us because they are not able to see the solution by themselves. So they are desperately looking for a solution and looking for help. So it can be very hard for ourselves uh, to kind of say, look, I trust that you are able to get at least to two possible solutions, as you said, to the problem. I know that you are capable of that and and face that kind of negative emotions on ourselves that we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course you can can consult them in a direction that I saw, you can say, okay, did you think about that? Did you share it with that guy? Or did you, eh, we had something like that in the past, look how it solved. So you can give them a kind of direction but just come back if you have minimum two kind of solutions. Exactly. So, and then we will talk again. Yeah, I think that's very important. And I, I, li- I would like to highlight the leaders that are listening as what, what you just said is really avoiding the temptation of solving the problem straight away and educating that person and supporting that person, trusting that person, that that person has the solution. And I think that sometimes it's, it's again, on us, on our responsibility. So if that person feels that we don't trust them, that we think that they are not capable of, possibly this will be so infectious that that person will not be able to do it. Yeah, yeah well, you will, then you will cultivate a, cult, a culture where they think that you know everything and they don't know it and they can't solve problems. I mean, I think that if you do it the way I described, that they become more uh, sure, more, more um, yeah, secure from themselves and they know they can also solve problems. And, it's, it's, and I think it's not the problem to make yourself also as a, as a manager vulnerable to say, I don't know that. I didn't have the experience before. So we just, we have to go that way together to have this experience for the first time. 
Uh, it's for me, it's it's like blue ocean, uh, and that's what that. For example, this is what we are in at the moment with this pandemic crisis. A lot of things which come onto your path in the past is it's just we never experienced it. And there's also what I say to my team: Listen, I don't have it the solution. Please help me, and let's find us together how we can cope with this the best way we can. Absolutely, let's think together. Yeah, and th this kind of skills that we are discussing and that we are, that we keep working on ourselves are really relevant for our discussion because if we are able to decentralize the decision making processes also the collaboration with with, with will move uh, uh, much faster as well because we'll have people that are not waiting for uh, the the decision making from people uh, above them and uh, kind of going through all the bureaucracy of large organizations to get a yes, no, or maybe. So, which means that maybe they will get an answer in 12 months or or not get an answer. Or never. So, yeah. <laughs> you said it. And so, so let, let's come into the, the third critical ingredient, which is this culture um, of, of execution. Um, is, is there any best practices, any any lessons that you have learned about working uh, culture? And I think that's especially today, as as you are leading a, a very large organization with distributed teams uh, across the world. I think it's also important to to share some of your tips to to keep everyone on the same page to strengthen culture when you are working from from different cities, right? Yeah. Well. We're not. I'm not leading a large organization. I'm just responsible for the Netherlands. Let's, let's but, stay but down. At least, at least you are uh, working. I'm, I'm part of a large that. organization. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And culture you cultivate. I mean, of course, you are. You are when you are leading an organization. You are also an example, and also the way you do things, uh, the way you communicate with your people. It's it's also uh, a part of that. Uh, culture. Uh, these are small things uh, like having dinner together uh, in the cantina uh, during lunchtime uh, or just have a walk together outside or whatever. Um, and it's um, it's also I think of course you can make and break a culture um, but you need people in your organization um, uh, let's say who are um, living the culture that you want to have, and, and for example, if you want to have a culture where people can can speak up, and it's it's not it's okay to to share opinions and to be as clear as you can with all respect, uh, in order to be uh, to to go forward and to be constructive. Uh, I think that that's very important for a company, um, so that uh, that you 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 make uh, them them. Um, uh, feel um, okay with giving criticism about the things you do, for example, but from their own point of view, because all, all everybody has his own point of view, his own thinking frame, and how they how we reflect. And I think that it's very important that you have a culture where people can just speak up and come to you, to anybody, to question things. Of course, you have to have an answer, but um, I think that that's important. Yeah. I like it uh, a lot, and especially 
in in times of uh, temptation and times of crisis to kind of being open to be criticized shows again uh huge strength from from the leader right and 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 staying calm uh under that criticism yeah i didn't say it's easy. <laughs> fall apart right yeah no i didn't say it's easy what is key is communication i think exactly and that, that sometimes you know you write something to your organization and i take two days to write it it just goes in my head and i mean i try to read it from the point of view from somebody else and sometimes and even read read some read somebody who's outside the organization doesn't know anything so do you understand what i'm writing here yeah so it's so important communication is key in everything you do and especially in this time where we are often on distance yeah i mean we do, do we do not have live meetings anymore with the team so this is this is the way we communicate over over video and 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 then it's so important that you and also to your customers of course that you can keep close to your customers and, and you're not going in your own bubble uh just doing mails and, and answering and, and being reactive that that's well it's, it's challenging yeah yeah so it's not and, easy and something that that i saw uh happening very often is it's really uh, even the most uh, how can i say it something very surprising which is everyone in the team saying exactly the same thing in different ways and arguing with each other <laughs> they are all saying exactly the same thing which is really a problem of communication and and sometimes it's not even the problem of communication is is the is the need to be heard to be understood uh so that's that that's really yeah. curious okay so we came to the last question of uh, of the show but uh i feel that we would have so so much more time and so much much more lessons to share with our audience today which is yeah. if you'd have the opportunity to um, to meet peter peak your younger self uh, several years ago in the beginning <laughs> of your journey or in the beginning of your journey at IMI, as you wish, what advice would you offer to your younger self? Uh, yeah, it's a very good question. Uh, well, let's say um, what I learned in the, over the period of my whole career is that uh, what is very important, think before you act. I was I was somebody who was really um more a doer than a thinker and uh, and i i made i made my mistakes uh, by doing that so think before you act uh, consult others uh in doing that also share with others and as i said before try to share in order to be able to multiply and don't don't keep the problem if you are thinking about something share that with people first of all if you talk about it with colleagues or somebody outside your organization it's already good for your own well-being, of course, to share it, your doubts, uh, but also within your organization, just share it and then you will get feedback and this will, and then you make others not part of the problem, but part of the solution and they know where you're at. So what is also, what I learned also, and this I learned in IMI to do, and, and that, that's, and it's very, I think it's very valuable. Before you start a meeting with people, you ask them to do a check-in. So how are you today? So you know that from everyone in that meeting present, how his feeling is today, just a genuine feeling. So you also can, you know, if they react or you react on something, they know how you feel. 
So if you react in a kind of way, they know, oh yeah, he reacts like that because he had a, a worse night's sleep or something, or he's struggling with something else. So that's, but anyway, I think that the most important thing is uh, think before you act, consult others and, and share in order to, to multiply, yeah, to make, to grow together, yeah. Love that very specific uh, tip. Uh, usually, I I suggest to start the the weeklies uh, as you were saying with a one word opening or with the or to close the meetings with a one word closing. And it's all related about how do you feel at the beginning of the meeting at, at the end yeah. of the ah, meeting. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Which is also helps at the end of the meeting to feel so people are feel fulfilled because this meeting went what was really productive it made me feel well uh, i think that that's a great tip that you are sharing with the audience again uh, peter thanks so much for making the time i know that you are very very busy and uh, you are still committed to be with us to to share okay. your experience thanks so much thank you mike for the opportunity and i hope it, uh, it can help some people uh, yeah okay it's a pleasure to do it likewise okay. and to our community, thanks for being there. We keep bringing you the best of the best to help you scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. This is a special episode of the Breakthrough Engineering season with our partner, IMI Hydronic Engineering. See you soon and keep scaling. <music>